We're sitting on the porch with Georgie T. Hearing tales of Tennessee. My guest on the Tales of Tennessee podcast today is the UK country scenes version of Richard Branson. With so many different strings to his bow, he'd put Robin Hood to shame. He's a videographer, promoter, journalist, and media entrepreneur, Dan Wharton. Welcome to the podcast, Dan. Thank you for having me, Georgie. It's an absolute pleasure. Welcome. So normally I would ask for like a little potted history on how Dan Wharton got to where he is today. However, with this, I think it's probably best if we just go sort of step by step and just take it from the beginning. So how did you get involved in country music where did your love of country music come from oh this would have been a long time ago zach brown band for the reason i got into country music um we were watching some award show one year i was sitting there watching it with my family they were doing a performance of chicken fried and it absolutely blew us away we Classic couldn't believe you. the quality of the musicianship and we thought we've got to get into these guys more and as you do i'm sure it's the same for a lot of people you'll get into a certain artist's music and then it'll snowball from there. So we started getting into Lady A, getting into Rascal Flats, and then it kind of went on and on and on. And uh, yeah, and then I started doing the website. It would have been about six years ago, and nearly six years. Yeah. So uh, your your family got involved sort of at the same time. It wasn't like they enjoyed it and that's where you kind of developed your love of it no, from. It was unusual all a... sto- unusual story, really, because I yeah. suppose most people pick it up from their parents. But we all got into it at exactly the same time. Through and are your parents there. musical at all or not just, musical in, in the sense that they that enjoy they, it? They don't play instruments. But my dad used to be a DJ. He used to okay. own a record shop. So he's, music's always been a big part of my life growing up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the country thing has been the last sort of 11, 12 years. And before country, what was it? So like your the playlist you of your what? childhood. Oh, I've grown up listening to soul and R&B because of my dad. Yeah. Uh, he's always been a huge soul fan. Um, so that's that was sort of 90% of my, my listening growing up. Um, yeah. I've, I've dabbled with a bit of everything really, but country yeah. was completely new to me when I first got into it. And... But I think especially now there is there are so many influences from other genres within country that, you know, there's, you can always find something that's got a bit of R and B in it or a bit of soul or a bit of blues or whatever it might exactly. be. You know, I mean, you've only got, you've only got to listen to the top 20 on country radio at the moment and you'll find yourself 10 different genres in there. Yeah. But that's, that's what makes it great. And that's where everybody yeah. loves it, I guess. Yeah, no, hundred percent agree with you. So your life in a song, which is your website, Tell us about this. So was it literally just a, a work of passion that you just decided that you wanted to be more involved? It was a work of passion, yeah. I, I, I was heavily into country music by that point and really enjoyed writing and blogging and the whole creative side of things. And I thought, how can I combine all of these passions into one project? And I thought this would be a, a great idea. Originally, I, it was a, a writing passion project and I thought, well, I'll just do a few reviews here and there and just talk about my love of country music. Hmm. And then as I started doing it, the opportunities came in for interviews and going to gigs and doing re- reviews of shows and going to festivals. And it just became busier and busier and busier. And I absolutely loved it. And it became most of my life very, very quickly. Hmm. Um, so you said that was about six years ago. Yeah, now, that kind of... I think officially predates my absolute love of country. Um, and probably I was just starting to go to a few more country gigs like Lady A and things like that back then. What was the scene like back in, in 2014 as opposed to what it is like now? Absolutely nothing like it is now. I always tell the story of we went to the first country gig I ever went to was Zach Brown Band in London. It was Shepherd's Bush Empire. 
and it felt like everybody in that room that night were all of the people who listened to country music in the UK yeah. to me because it was so it was like nobody spoke about country music there's no radio stations as far as I was aware um, and it felt like everybody had congregated for that one night whereas now I mean pre-covid obviously you'd be going to gigs every couple of weeks in Birmingham at the institute or the academy and just a totally different scenario now we never had any festivals back then c2c we'd probably have just been starting at that point the first year um but yeah, yeah i think 2013 i think was the first year of c2c wasn't it yeah so it would have would have been in its in its infancy at that point but um yeah completely different now and from yeah. a journalist's perspective there's so much more for me to cover and it would have been so difficult back then because there was nothing happening in the uk yeah it's uh, it's interesting to hear somebody who was kind of more aware of the scene back then so as I say I think I probably just started going to the odd lady a gig or what have you and yeah. had um, a good friend up in Newmarket where I was living um, and he used to, he loves country music he spends quite a lot of time in the states and um, he so he was kind of my gig buddy and we'd go off but it felt like we were the only two people in our whole in the whole of Newmarket basically who, who enjoyed country music um, and like you say nobody ever really sort of spoke about it and it was still a bit of a dirty word back then um and everyone took the mickey out of us i think huh who's laughing now well that's that's the thing i mean i I speak to people now whether it be at work or friends or whatever who who aren't necessarily country fans but they're aware of country and they're aware of the fact that it's growing they hear about these festivals they read about the music in newspapers they see album reviews and it was never ever like that when i first got into it so it shows how we've come on in the last few years yeah we really have and i think um with the likes of radio 2 including a lot a lot more country in their playlists that really helps and I mean I think so yesterday for example I think it was yesterday Kezia Gill had her song Whiskey Drinking Woman played on Paul O'Grady's show that would have been unheard of five years ago or or whatever um yeah, so I think that's making that it a lot stig- more accessible. that stigma that you mentioned I think there was probably a lot of that with the radio as well it was just yeah. oh we're not going to play that because it's what old people listen to it's yeah. these Ollie Parton's Kenny Rogers but it's it's great to see someone like Kezia doing so well. And yeah. like Lindsay L, I was driving back from work today and Lindsay L's playing on BBC WM, which is just unheard of yeah. for me, but it's, it's fantastic. Yeah, that's really good. So when did you first go to C2C? C2C would have been the second year was my first C2C. I, I actually wasn't aware of C2C the first year, strangely <laughs> enough. Um, but we heard about it, I think... First year was Brad. First year that I went to was Brad Paisley's Zach Brown Band. Um, and were so, you, yeah, you were you there as an audience member or there I as was, a journalist? I was, I was just there as a, an audience member at that point. Yeah, uh, that was that was before probably the year before I started doing the website. So okay, yeah, I was just there as a fan. And how did you find that sort of the first C to C you went to in a kind of work capacity? I mean, what was what was that like? That for somebody who is a big country fan, that must have been slightly mind blowing. Yeah, it was mind blowing, and for from my point of view, doing the the press conference press conferences and the uh, the interviews that I, I do at C to C and the access that I was able to get, it was like wow, I, I can't believe I've got so many opportunities and so many artists under one roof. It was it was blowing me away that I had the, yeah. the access to these people from a because I, I am, I always have been and, and still am just a fan, really. Um, so for me, it's really cool to to get up close and personal with these people and get the opportunity to do things that I wouldn't have been able to do otherwise. And C2C is just the perfect opportunity for that. Yeah. I feel like it must have been quite daunting to go in 
um because you know you weren't very old at the time either um in the whole great scheme of things so to go in to a room with all of these kind of people you've been listening to on the radio and and sitting there in in your seat watching them perform and then you're like wow I'm there right next to them it it is very overwhelming because it's the sort of thing when you're starting up the little blog as mine was at the time it was it's like this is where I want to get to in like 10 15 20 years um, yeah. and ctc thankfully are, are so good at allowing people in and giving people access and it's such a great opportunity for me and you know it's such a such valuable experience as well from a journalist's perspective because yeah. you know to be thrown into a press conference like that with some of the best journalists around the uk from newspapers and tv and all that jazz it's a, awesome. a big step up for someone like me so yeah absolutely and so did you ever do any promotion for for the website and for the blog or has it just grown organically and you know you've just got to know people grown totally organically um it was a a hell of a lot of emailing for the first year to even get the interview opportunities and a hell of a lot of writing and trying to get my name out there and um you know using facebook groups and trying to get as many retweets as possible and just growing it literally from the ground up Mm. um and we've got it to where it is now and we've it's it's good we've got it to a stage where it's probably about 15 15 20 000 followers across the platforms which is mind-blowing to me in it's awesome it's five six years we've been doing it so yeah it's and it's brilliant because it is your passion as well as well as a um you know a work enterprise so i think it i think it's amazing i think it's very inspiring for lots of people so um so destination country has obviously come from your life in a song how did that come about and was it planned for a long time? Because am I right in thinking it was only launched at the beginning of last year? Launched at the beginning of last year. And this actually started, funnily enough, in the, in the press conference room at C2C. I was talking with Pip, who runs Entertainment Focus. Yeah. And we were saying we all love what we're doing and we should all be working together to achieve the same goal, which is bringing country music to more people and bringing the artists closer to the fans. Mm. Um, so we thought, what can we do as a collective that we wouldn't do with our individual platforms. And we thought if we could, I mean, COVID's changed the plan hugely because we wanted to do a lot of in-person events and set up fan meet and greets and some really unique opportunities for fans. But because of COVID, it's sort of turned into online live streams and we've started doing the, the destination country happy hours and letting people meet artists on zoom. And, but it was just a really cool opportunity to, to be able to go to the PR companies and the labels in America and say, we're working together. We are a media collective. We want to bring your artists close to the fans. And mm. at the time, nobody was doing that. So, it's, um, yeah, and it's really grown in the last year or so. We've done, we must be in the hundreds now in terms of events that we've done. Yeah. But I think it's that's, that's great. And, I mean, obviously, it was awful timing for everybody with COVID. But actually, to be able to pivot like that and offer something online that other people weren't necessarily doing that's probably been no bad thing in the terms of you know destination country and its journey for the future yeah so i mean it's, it, it certainly makes you think on your feet when you have covid thrown mm. at you like two or three months into the venture but um yeah i mean it's got its good and bad aspects the, the really good aspect is that we've built our online platforms really well now people are aware of what we're doing i would like to think 
yeah. so that when we can eventually, hopefully soon, start doing in-person events and when artists can come over from America and do things with us, we'll have a bit of a platform to start from. Um, so, yeah, it's been a, a challenging first year or so, but I think we've we've done a pretty decent job of, of getting it to where we've got to. Absolutely, absolutely. And like you say, you know, people know who you are now. So when you do start doing the in-person things, you've already got an audience there who you know are engaged and you know working with you and and have the same vision so i I hope that's the case and i I think it will be because i mean we're giving people the opportunity to to really get up up close and personal with these artists and do something a little bit different with artists so um, i think it, it it should be really popular when we get the opportunity to do what we actually wanted to do in the first place yeah i think it's um the joy of being in a, an industry that is growing and is still, I like to think fairly in its infancy um, in terms of gigs and, and social media stuff and journalism and just, you know, general awareness. There is, there's enough to go around for everybody. And because it is growing, there needs to be people to fill those gaps and what have you. So I think it's a really, really positive time to be in, in such a lovely industry. you feel like as a as a journalist i mean we do as a collective we we feel like we need to help the artists and help Mm. the scene grow and be a part of it as well as i'm sure you do being a festival organizer you know it's it's nice to feel like you're sort of a cog in the machine Yeah. yeah i feel slightly um slightly restricted sometimes because obviously the festival is only essentially it's a day yes we've got the friday evening and the sunday morning for the campers but in terms of full performances it's just the Saturday and we get so many people applying to play and wanting to be in the songwriters workshop and this that and the other and we just simply cannot fit them all (laughs) there to play all in one day um, with the size of festival that we are at the moment but you know everyone's got to start somewhere haven't we so who knows in three years time we might add another day or or another two days or whatever. Um, but hopefully, you know, we can work towards having more slots. But like you say, just to help to help people and give them the opportunities that that they need. Um, but I think that's the great thing about country music as an industry is that everybody does seem to want to help everyone else, which is that's the beautiful thing. And it's such yeah. a nice, like tight knit community. Like you say, everybody wants to help each other out and everybody knows each other and it is it is literally like a family. Yeah. I uh, actually I um had a meeting today with the production guys that do the festival and they were talking, I think they do like the spread love festival or something like that. And we were talking about all the artists that we have um, at our festival that we did have at Dixie Fields in 2019. And they were like, Oh, they were just so nice. And it was so easy. And, you know, they just got on with it and they sent these riders. And if there wasn't something that we had exactly the same, it was just fine. And they were like, yeah, 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 that's okay. And it is just that type of industry. You know, everybody wants to help everyone have a good time basically which is a really nice thing it's the same with with british artists and u.s artists as well in Mm. in the six years i've been interviewing people i've never come across one that's been an absolute nightmare it's you know there's no divas there's no real big characters in there that cause problems it's just everybody just gets on and it's a i I always go back to an interview i was i was listening to of uh jay demarcus of rascal flats and he was saying that country music isn't a genre of music it's a state of mind and that's Mm that's true everybody's got the same yeah mental state everybody wants to help each other out and everybody's just such a nice person it's yeah it's weird how everybody sort of fits that mold in the country world but, yeah absolutely yeah. but it's it's true i think that's it and that's a great 
great saying um another string to your bow and obviously very interlinked is that you are a videographer um and do video production and what have you so dw visual is this all music based because i obviously you know you do other stuff um not necessarily under that banner yeah um i mean the stuff i've done so far has been music based because that's just been a natural progression from the site and i've been able to go to festivals like your own festival and and do promo videos and in just in terms of the contacts i have it's naturally going to be a music based thing but um i've doing my nine to five job which is another video production company i've i've got experience in uh, corporate work and Mm. and everything across the board um so i can i can lend my hand to anything really but music music's my kind of bread and butter yeah absolutely and and i'm assuming along those lines it is generally all country music but are you involved in any other types of genres at all i mean i've only been doing the the dw visual stuff just over a year so like i say naturally it's it's led me to my own contacts within the country music world but eventually the plan would be to to branch out and work with any artist yeah um that's that's the dream that's great. And so before COVID came along, obviously, you were, I guess, co-promoter and co-founder of, is it Nashville Sounds in the Rounds? Nashville Sounds in the Rounds, Round Round, yeah. With uh, Gasoline and Matches, of course. What are your plans for this over the coming year? Have you got any plans or is it something that's just on the back burner for the time being until yeah, you we know? We've got some very exciting plans. Um, just right in the middle of COVID, we actually did a live stream with the yeah. Symphony Hall in Birmingham. Yeah, that was awesome. Um, and that was really, really cool and such a great opportunity that they offered us. Um, and they were so impressed with the calibre of the artists. We had Gary and Kezia and yeah. Gasoline Matches, and they absolutely loved it at the Symphony Hall, and they wanted to do a lot more with us. So at the moment, we're just planning a few little events that we can possibly do when they open up their cafe area and start doing some in-person stuff um, and hopefully do like a Nashville Sounds in the Round at the Symphony Hall. Oh, wow. Make that an ongoing thing. We'd also like to do some full band stuff in Birmingham because everything we've done so far has just been acoustic. Yeah. Um, acoustic songwriter round. So we'd like to, to upgrade that a little bit and maybe change the venue and do some do some cool full band stuff and maybe put on a, a country club night to, to latch onto that. And We've just got loads of ideas. There's lots yeah. we can do. And it's it's been really good for us it's been really popular thankfully people have turned out again and again for it which is always tricky with with country as we know what's the yeah. um what's the sort of country music fan base like in birmingham because obviously there's quite a pocket up in the northwest in sort of manchester and liverpool what's it like around around birmingham it's growing i mean in birmingham there is there are certain venues that really attract good numbers there's the kitchen garden cafe where we have uh, Nashville Sounds in the Round Night, and you have the Hare and Hounds in King's Heath, and there's a, there's a bunch of venues in that King's Heath Mosley area that really attract the kind of country slash folk slash Americana crowd. Mm. That's what we've really broken into, and there's a good age range in there as well. Um, yeah. Particularly Americana seems to do really really well, so anything rootsy, yeah, um, tends to draw in a crowd in that part of Birmingham. But we're um, it's it's growing really well. Um, we've noticed a an improvement in the in the numbers as, as we've gone on the last few years and do uh, you have any dates set for this year or are you waiting to see we've got dates penciled in but it's a case of waiting and seeing Heck knows. We, can't, we can't predict anything at the moment no. but 
um, it's such a such a small venue, the kitchen garden. So we have to literally pack everybody into a tiny space. So it's, yeah. it's difficult with COVID. Cause... Yeah. And how did that how did that come about? Did you just you know you met Gasolina matches while you were out doing other country country yeah, things? Conversation with uh, myself and Sally. At, uh, we went to a gig in Birmingham, um, and she came over to me and knew that I knew that I did your life and song and knew that I was interested in doing events. And she had experience um, of, of marketing and events management, and and she said, "Why don't we work together to to try and build something country based in in Birmingham?" Because we didn't have anything at the time, nothing regular. We had artists coming from America and doing things, but nothing homegrown. Um, yeah. And she knew the Kitchen Garden Cafe really well, and thought that would be a perfect space for it. Um, so we tried it one night. I think it was. Darcy we had on Janine Barry this would have been probably three years ago now and we pretty much solved that show out and it was it was amazing to us that people would come from far and wide yeah um, to watch this show and we started doing it regularly every three months ish mm. we've done it ever since pre-covid obviously that's great and just a big shout out actually to Sally and Stephen from Gasolina Matches because going back to the whole everyone's everyone's lovely everyone's a family when I went up to the BCMA awards obviously back in 2019 now I didn't know anybody up there and I just sort of I tagged on and tapped Gareth Nugent on the on the shoulder as he was checking into the hotel in front of me and then Sally and Stephen came down and just sort of introduced myself and they kind of looked after me and took me under their wing for the evening and just so such lovely people you know some yeah. random girl who they've never met before um so yeah big shout out to them they are, they are the loveliest people and they're so passionate as well yeah uh, they just absolutely love what they're doing they love helping out the scene in general love yeah. they, they love being a part of national scenes in the round and inviting people to come from all over to come and play in Birmingham and yeah. the real driving force behind it so that's brilliant well I think you know at, at the stage that the industry is at the moment that is a lot of people you know they do it for the love not for the money um absolutely but you know absolutely. hoping that one day there might be might be a little bit of money but <laughs> at the moment it's just blood sweat and tears for the for the sheer love of it so I think that makes it extra special um so obviously the the podcast talks now about Nashville obviously we've done kind of your role in the industry and where where you fit in but when did you first head over to Nashville? Uh, first time I went to Nashville was probably about four years ago now for the CMA Awards mm. so it would have been November probably 20, 2017-ish yeah time. and was that was that in a work capacity? It was, yeah. It was to do um, press coverage of, of the CMA Awards, which is always a, a huge bucket list Amazing. thing of mine. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I went over there and managed to get a ticket and just sat in the crowd and did some live social media coverage. Mm. Um, and then I, I absolutely loved it so much that I just went back and again and again and again. And I've done three CMA Awards now. Um, managed to do the red carpet one of the years, which was really cool. Um, and it's sort of become my second home, which is yeah. yeah and um, what what were your first impressions when you got there? So before you had got to the awards themselves, when you arrived in Nashville and you went down and you saw the, saw Broadway, all the lights, you, you, all the you bars. You feel like you were at home as a country music fan, as I'm sure you experienced the same. It's like 
everything you you want is in one place. Yeah. Being able to go and watch live mu- live country music all day long and the food is incredible there and just being surrounded by like-minded people who love the same thing as you is, is amazing. Yeah, it is great. And again, it's so friendly even, you know, though it's in the states it's a whole lot bigger than it is over here. Everyone's friendly. You know, you, you can go be... on your own, you can go into a bar on your own and, you know, someone will chat to you. Exactly. And it's it's having that one thing in common, which yeah. you don't get with a lot of people here when you talk about country music. You can chat with anybody over yeah. there. They'll everybody's got an experience. Everybody's got you know, someone they've met. You speak to the taxi drivers over there, they've they've always got some story of who they've taken oh, on the yeah. ride. Absolutely. And what has your most special experience been in Nashville? Most special experience. That's a tough one because there's been a few. Um, I would I would have well, to give say us your do, top three. Uh, oh, doing the red carpet at the CMAs was probably yeah. my number one. Um, but I've had some great times at CMA Fest as well. That's been incredible. I mean, last time I went to CMA Fest, it was absolutely tricking the rain down, and it was it was crazy that year for weather. Um, but myself and a couple of friends of mine were standing there watching Rascal Flats, which was a, a huge. Thing for me i'm a huge rascal flats fan and it was just such a lovely such a lovely memory um and what else cma think. fest is on my bucket list i think i've not made it out there for that yet oh, but absolutely definitely one year it's superb i've had some great times at the listening room cafe as well mm. um some great nights on there if you if you haven't been and you're listening to this make sure you get to the listening room if you ever go to nashville because they have some amazing songwriter rounds on there and some of the best like under the radar talent in Nashville is performing there usually. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And would that be your there. best venue in Nashville? Do you think? Personal favorite for me, yeah. Yeah. Because it's it's a lovely atmosphere, lovely vibe. They always have great artists on there, and the food is amazing as well. Yeah. It's lovely. And you it, can go in there, sit down at a table, and watch a songwriter's round, and it's pay ten dollars or whatever, and get a lovely yeah. meal with it, and it's just such a nice evening. And the fact that people actually listen as well. You know, they are there to listen rather than just there on a night out. That's one of the things that maybe slightly annoys me about Nashville at times is you'll go into a bar and hear fantastic artists playing, but everybody's just there to drink and socialise. And it's a shame for the artists, really, that they don't get the attention. Whereas the listening room, everybody's absolutely... Yeah, it does what it says on the tin. Completely focused, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So what would be your best bar in Nashville? My best bar in Nashville. Uh, oh, that's a tough one. I think Jason Aldean's bar is fantastic on Broadway. Yeah. Um, it's just state of the art. It's just modern. The music's always great in there. <laughs> um, the I actually, is great as well. I like going yeah. into the to some of the bars sort of early in the day when it's still yeah. fairly empty, and you've still got amazing musicians on there, but actually you've got the space you can sit down you can actually watch them you can you can hear them because it's not jam-packed and uh, I think that's a great a great experience if you haven't been before you know rocking up yeah. at 11 o'clock in the morning to go and sit and have a drink and listen to some awesome country music I think that's great yeah, absolutely. I love the George Jones as well George Jones always has some great acts on um, another place that does amazing food if you get a chance to try their mac and cheeseburger do it because it's the best thing you'll ever eat in your life Okay, well, that was my next question. <laughs> Where is the best place for food, in your opinion, in Nashville? 
Or what would uh, be your best recommendation of something? That's, that's one of them, the George Jones Burger. I love going to Mike's Ice Cream, which is just across from the Wild Horse Saloon. Yeah. Fantastic place. And they have like 30 different flavours, flavours that you wouldn't even imagine would be ice cream flavours. Um, love that. Uh, Hattie Bees for hot chicken. Yeah. Amazing. You can't beat it. It's just classic Nashville food. I, I have to I- say, I... So obviously, as you know, because you were there last time I was in Nashville, I really wasn't very well. So I did not want to eat anything. And I am doing these podcasts and everyone's got, oh, you should go there for food. You should go there for food. That's amazing. And I'm just like, my mouth is watering just thinking about it. And uh, I think I managed one one serving of mac and cheese when I was there last time. It's um, not a good place to be feeling ill because it's just the best place for food. There's so many options, everything you could possibly want. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I blame the dodgy mcdonald's you took me to but in actual fact i think it was probably a tummy but i i think it was actually covid that's that's my story that i'm sticking with undiagnosed covid um but anyway it was a shame and i'm definitely looking forward to getting back out there again asap so have you been further afield in tennessee than just nashville have you done any sort of sightseeing Uh, i went to knoxville last time i was over there um We got really lucky, actually, because uh, Kit Moore was playing at the Bijou Theatre in Knoxville. And then the next night we went and saw Garth Brooks at the stadium. Um, so jealous. Pretty incredible, yeah. yeah. Um, and Knoxville's such a, a cool place as well. It's really trendy and there's lots of really cool eating places. And it's got this oldie worldy feel about it as well. Like They haven't changed it at all from how it was 50, 60 years ago in parts. And how far away from Nashville is that? If you're driving, it's about a two and a half hour drive. Okay. Um, so not too far. You can go and visit it for a day or two. Yeah. Um, yeah, another that's another place that's got a lot of cool music spots and um, obviously the stadium is incredible. It's absolutely huge. If you get to go and watch a gig there or a, a football game or something, that's a great experience. Yeah, that's great. And who? Okay, so what would be before I get before I move on to your top tips um, for artists? Anyway, what are your recommendations? Your top recommendations for first-time travellers in Nashville, and where would you suggest they go to stay, and what have you? Oh, I would say Airbnb every time. Yeah, uh, it's, it, you'll find some great deals and some really trendy-looking places. Um, they'll often. Uh, rent out like a, a basement area of a house you'll have someone living above you but it really doesn't matter honestly because these places are lovely the people who look after you are superb um and it's just the best way to do it and it will allow you to stay close to town as well you can get a five ten minute uber ride from most of these airbnbs and you'll be in broadway yeah um so that's that's what i would do for accommodation um take plenty of money with you because it's expensive it, yeah and don't forget um, to tip. Yeah, don't forget to tip because they will gaze at you until you do give them a tip. <laughs> um, and yeah, do your research on food places as well because don't waste it. It's a great opportunity to go and experience proper American culture and proper American food. Yeah. And Nashville is the best place to go and do that. Um, yeah. There's such variety there. So. And who um, has been or what's been your, your best gig when you were, you were in Nashville? Best gig when I was in Nashville. Ooh. You know what? I'm going to go for one of the sort of under-the-radar gigs at the listening room. We went to see Kenny Foster, who's a really good friend of mine. Yeah. 
um, with May Esters, who is a fantastic up-and-coming artist, and a Josh Math, I think it's Matheny, his surname is. He's a Dobro player. He plays with Carly Pierce at the moment. Um, and they were doing a songwriter round, and it was just one of those magical nights where everybody was so engrossed in what was going on. The quality of the songs from those three was just incredible. Um, and it's one of those sort of pinch yourself moments. I think it was the first time I went to Nashville as well. So I, it was it was a moment of wow, I'm I'm here watching a proper songwriter's round yeah. with three amazing talents. Um, and that's that's one that really stands out for me. And who has so far been your favourite artist to interview? Oh, that's a tough one. That really is a tough one. My go-to for that usually is Kip. Oh, because, I knew you were going to say Kip. Yeah, Kip's, Kip's a great interviewer because um, he's quite deep and you always get a good interview out of him. Mm. Um, a very emotional guy and... Yeah a very dark guy at times as well, which makes for a fantastic interview. Like he's been through the mill, he's had a real past and he's, he's really built it from the ground up and he's always fascinating to listen to. Um, it's, it's nice when, you know, somebody has got a real story like that and they're not just, um, I say just another artist that's churned out by the record labels, but, you know, because I know they obviously have to work incredibly hard as well, but, when it is somebody who it's just blood, sweat and tears um, and and they're making it. That's such a, that's such a great story. Absolutely. And Darius was another one as well. I got, got the chance to chat with Darius, which was a a huge pinch me moment because he's one of my all time favorites. Yeah. Um, Such a laid back guy. Doesn't come across as an artist at all. Uh, Not an artist in his position. That's what I meant. But uh, yeah, he just speaks to you like a, like a friend and he'll, he'll chat about golf with you and, he looks like the friendliest guy. No, oh, he's such a just such a laid back, normal guy. Um, yeah, and he he walks no. into a room and he's got this kind of aura about him that's just so friendly and lovely. And yeah, yeah, he's Darius is up there for me. I'm very jealous. Very jealous. <laughs> um, okay, so who would be your top US artist to watch, or you know, somebody that's maybe a little bit underexposed that we don't know much about over here? But you think is is worth following? Ooh, that is a tough one. There's a guy we've been listening to recently called Stevenson Everett. Okay. He's fantastic. If you get the chance to listen to his Troubadours EP that came out a few weeks ago, do it because he's a fantastic singer-songwriter and he's pretty under the radar. Um, could do with the support and we could do with getting him on country radio. And where did you find him? Uh, just through Spotify. It's like one of these, you know, you get on these playlists and it sends you down the rabbit Recommended hole. Recommended artists, yeah. Um, yeah, so I came across him. Um, I'm just thinking who else we've been listening to recently. Uh, Peyton Smith, who's really cool. He's yeah. a new big machine artist. Um, quite rocky, a little bit Kip-like in parts. Yeah. Uh, really like him and I mentioned May Esther's earlier who I saw at the listening room she is probably my favorite up-and-coming songwriter in Nashville um, she's doing really well got loads of Spotify streams she's gotten some great playlists and um, yeah she's really really cool so okay. check her out if you get chance. and what about the equivalent question for you UK artists 
UK artists. Ooh, let me think. Let me think. Do you do much with your life in a song with UK artists? We do, yeah, absolutely. If there's ever an opportunity we get to highlight UK artists, we yeah. always do. I mean, we do a, a new release roundup every week. We pick sort of nine or ten of our favourites from the last week or so. Yeah. Um, and we always try our best to put UK artists in there. Um, love Lisa Wright. I love whatever she does. She released a new song, I think it was last week or the week yeah. before. She was stunning. Uh, Jake Morales doing some really cool stuff at the moment. He's just um, awesome. He released, Jake. he released a song called This House a few weeks ago, which yeah. I've been obsessed with. I absolutely love it. Um, Jade Helliwell just keeps delivering. She's a great songwriter. I think she's one of the best songwriters we've got. Yeah. So, uh, she's so, so she's got such a unique voice as well you can always tell it's jace yeah, yeah she's so distinctive and she's such a character as well she's yeah. just such a great laugh yeah um, so, people yeah. like jade and kezia have done so well with their live streams you know throughout well, lockdown because it must be it must have been so difficult to start with yeah you know when you're sort of sitting at the end of a song and it's completely silent because you're sitting on your sofa at home but you know, you've got other people watching from the other end, but not to have that audience interaction um, yeah. must have been really, really difficult from to start with. I think they've absolutely nailed it as well because I know yeah. Kezia's got her Friday night crew going. Yeah. Uh, like Jade's got her Jade Brigade. Jade Brigade, yes. Yeah. Great how they created these little communities. Um, they've got a group of people that are genuinely behind them and will yeah. buy whatever they do. Um, yeah, that's really awesome. It's awesome. It. And what final question... What would be your go-to country road trip song? So if you're going to, I don't know, go off to Knoxville or something, what song would you be listening to with the windows down, full blast? Life is a highway, Rascal Flats. There you go. Easy. That was easy enough. Yeah. <laughs> easy. Brilliant. And where can people find you? What's the, you know, social media handles and everything for everything that, that you do or websites or where's the best place yeah. for people to go? So Your Life in a Song, you can find that on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. It's either at Your Life in a Song or at Life in a Song underscore UK. Um, Destination Country is either at Destination Country or at Dest underscore country. Um, and then for my videography stuff as well, if anybody's interested in that, that's yeah. DW Visual Productions. So that'll be at DW Visual UK. Brilliant. Well, th thank you so much, Dan. It's been an absolute pleasure catching up with you, yeah, as always. Thank you for having um, me on. It's been a pleasure. No, well, it's great. I love hearing everybody's stories, sort of, um, who've got, in, got involved with the industry, because I think there are so many people out there who are inspired by stories like yours. And if somebody's got a passion and they don't really know how to how to work that into what they're doing, just hearing stories like yours or like Imogen's or Natalie's or whatever just gives them inspiration that actually we're all just normal people and we can do it it just yeah, I would, that's what i would say to anybody who's chasing a passion or chasing a dream just do it because you only live once and yeah. do something that you enjoy doing absolutely absolutely and uh you might not make any money to start with but if you keep going there's absolutely. gold at the end of the rainbow that's what i'm <laughs> telling myself anyway <laughs> So anyway, thank you so much, Dan. And um, yeah, look forward to seeing you actually in person in a couple of months. Absolutely. Can't wait. Looking forward to it. Absolutely.
So our usual post-production edits include Dan's recommendations for what to do, where to go when in Nashville. His recommendation for a gig venue or just somewhere to go and hear really good live music is the listening room uh, that they do a regular songwriters around there. You can get food. It's not overly expensive and you can find some really unexposed but absolutely awesome artists there. And for food and uh, entertainment, he's recommended Jason Aldean's bar or George Strait's bar on Broadway. And the George Strait burger is apparently absolutely awesome. So that's where you should go when in Nashville, courtesy of Dan Wharton. You have been listening to the Tales of Tennessee podcast with me, Georgie T. You can keep up to date with the podcast by following us at talesoftennessee.podbean.com or by following all of our social media channels for the Tennessee Fields Festival. The handle is at TNFieldsFest on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. You can also follow me, Georgie T, on Instagram at the underscore accidental underscore everything. We'd love to hear from you. So don't forget, you can email us at talesoftennessee at yahoo.com. And as always, thanks go to Francis and Archie Ween for providing the jingles for this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Sitting on the porch with Georgie T. Hearing tales of Tennessee.